Yo, what is up? What is up? Not to uh, steal that from my last show that I was on. This is the Jesse James Outlaw Show. Or Jesse James the Outlaw Show. I'm not even sure exactly what this thing is called. But, anyways, it is Monday, December the 3rd. And I am shooting a new podcast. And we're going to be going over a plethora of topics today. Plethora. That is a word you should know how to use. It is 2018, and we need to be using good vocabulary. So, I hope everybody had a great weekend. I had a very busy weekend with the Army. I'm in college this semester, and so we are coming up on finals next week. So, we are busy, 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 busy. But, enough with the intros. Let us get to the sports topics. And, by the way, eventually we will add a snippet of music here. I looked up the, the policy on playing music with copyright and all that, and... You can do like up to 15 second snippets, but I'm going to double check that so I don't get sued by all the rich people that have music on Spotify or on any other outlet. So here we go. Sorry, I'm coming up under the weather a little bit. The first thing I want to talk about, of course, is a very, very sad story and a very disgusting story. And that is the, the story about Kareem Hunt. So Kareem Hunt, if you don't know, is for is the now former running back of the Kansas City Chiefs. There was an incident in February where there was a domestic violence accusation that the Chiefs and the NFL were very aware of. Over the weekend, or actually last week, it seems at the at the end of the week, I don't remember exactly which day it was, around the time that PTI was airing, the story broke that there was a video that TMZ had gotten a hold of. And it shows Kareem Hunt pushing a woman and kicking her in the leg. And in this video, he pushes the woman and then he is restrained and he runs back and kicks her in the leg. I want to be very clear about something. This is not acceptable in any shape, form, or fashion. And so, after the video was released, the NFL placed Kareem Hunt on the exempt list or whatever, which is just nonsense. It's just a way for the NFL to try to save face because they always have egg on their face all the time like they work in the kitchen. And the next day, the Chiefs release Kareem Hunt. Good job for the Chiefs. Here's the issue. And I don't know if this is an issue with the NFL's feelings on domestic violence or if it's the limitations because the NFL can investigate even if there is no police report or if there is a police report or if there is no video evidence or the player has not been charged by local law enforcement, right? They knew about this in February, and I am all for innocent until proven guilty. And and Kareem Hunt admitted that he lied to the Kansas City Chiefs. My question is, if TMZ can get this video today, why is the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs just now acting now? And I've heard, and I've talked to a couple of people over the weekend uh, about this incident. And their thing is, listen, due diligence, you ain't just going to cut a guy without any evidence. And I get it. And I want to talk about another case real quick, and that's Reuben Foster. So Reuben Foster had an issue um, this summer with marijuana, which if you listen to this, and I hope you will for the long time future, I don't care about marijuana. I mean, it's illegal, but... Dismiss me with all this. It's terrible and it's bad for people. If it's legal in your state and you so choose to smoke marijuana, that is your choice. And 
if you live in a state where it's illegal and you decide to smoke marijuana, well, don't get pulled over by the police because you will go to jail. Okay. So then Reuben Foster gets accused of domestic violence way back. Um, I want to say it was earlier this year. And so, because he's, he's a rookie out of Alabama, defensive player. And he played for the San Francisco 49ers. And they were at a team hotel. And in a room that was not provided by the team, there is another alleged incident with a woman. And this time, the police get involved. Let's, let's not forget to point out that in the last incident, the accuser came forward and claimed or confessed, whichever one you want to believe, that she made the whole thing up to try to extort money from Reuben Foster. This is the same woman. And now this woman's pressing charges. I'm not going to get into whether or not I think he did it or she's telling the truth. Because domestic violence is a big problem in this country that many people do not take seriously. I have been... I've had people that have lived around me in duplexes and where I've heard shouting and stuff. I've never like really witnessed domestic violence myself. But I do know that my one of my grandmothers... Um, suffered from it back in the day and it is a epidemic in America. What I'm trying to say is, Oh, and okay. So Ruben Foster gets cut by the San Francisco 49ers. A next day, the Washington football franchise picks them up on waivers and they swear that they're going to do their due diligence and they're going to make sure that if he ever plays a down for them, that they have all the facts why go near it? Why? I understand that both of these players are very, very good players. And this is the truth about domestic violence and the NFL. If you can play, they will pay. Lawrence Taylor had was very sketchy off of the field. And he was so good that he always had a job. Adrian Peterson got in trouble for hitting his darn near infant child with a switch and came out and said, yes, they'll use the belt on my child. Now, whether or not you believe in corporal punishment or spanking your children is beyond the point. It, this is not about whether I believe that we should spank our kids. I was spanked as a kid, and I don't think it's abusive, but I also don't think you should be hitting a four-year-old with a switch. Times evolve, times change. This is just an issue in society. And violence against women is never to be tolerated. We are bigger, we are stronger, and it is just morally wrong. So what are we doing in society where we basically overlook it if you're really good at playing with a football? I almost said really good at playing with balls, but that would come out wrong, and I don't want them shutting down my podcast. So in conclusion, with this subject, we've already talked about it for six minutes now, is Kareem Hunt a lot of someone asked me if they think Kareem Hunt's going to play in the NFL again. I'm like, Ruben Foster's going to play again. I know there's not a video, and they're like, Well, Ray Rice never played again. Go back and disclaimer: I do not compare domestic violence incidents to each other. There's none that are. You can't say one's worse than the other because they're all bad. The video of Ray Rice is pretty damning, though. And also remember that Ray Rice had started to get injured and was averaging about three yards or less a carry. That is what, the truth of it is, that is why Ray Rice is not in the NFL anymore. It has nothing to do with the fact that 
he beat a woman. And I'm not saying that's right. That's absolutely wrong. But that's the fact of the matter. If he if he was averaging five yards a carry and getting a thousand yards and was getting touchdowns left and right, I believe and, and he wasn't in his thirties, I honestly believe an NFL team would have signed him. I don't think that's right. Now, and another disclaimer, Ray Rice seems to have turned his life around and is now willing to talk with Kareem Hunt and try to help him get his life together. And I commend Ray Rice for at least this. He did something terrible. And he would tell you that. His now wife would tell you that. And let's pray that he never does it again. But I will, I, I was, I, just like when Michael Vick was fighting dogs, I understand that redemption is possible. I'm a Christian, so I definitely believe that we're all sinners and we all need redemption. But at the same time, there are societal consequences for your actions. And so, and Kareem Hunt's statement was a little alarming because he keeps saying he wants to move forward from this. Bro, there is no moving forward from it until you deal with it. And he, I'm not saying he wasn't contrite and he didn't mean what he said, but at the end of the day, bro... I would have been a little more remorseful had I been in that situation, which I will never be in because I don't believe in violence against women. Let's move to our next topic. The Green Bay Packers just fired Mike McCarthy, y'all. Was anyone surprised? Now, I am slightly surprised that they did it now, but I'm not also surprised because the Packers aren't going to make the playoffs this year. That's pretty apparent. They lost at home to Arizona. And if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, you know better than anybody, y'all are hot trash. Now, don't get me wrong, y'all got a rookie head coach, you got a rookie quarterback, you've got... It might be better for Arizona to be bad this year, that way they can keep, you know, building up that roster. This isn't about Arizona. Congratulations, Arizona, you won the football game. I think you'd been better off losing it, but players do not go out there and try to lose games, whether or not organizations do. Here's the, here's the truth of the matter. This is all about Aaron Rodgers. I went back and looked at Mike McCarthy, his career. So he Mike McCarthy took the Green Bay job in 2006. Well, the 2006 season was his first season on the job. And he went 8-8 eight and eight with Brett Favre. And then the next year, they, I think, were 10-6 and six or 13-3. and three. No, I think they were 13-3. and three. And... I don't know what their record was, guys. I don't have Wikipedia up in front of me. I know that they went to the NFC Championship game and far through an interception against the Giants. The Giants would go on to win the Super Bowl. And then Brett Favre, quote-unquote, retired for the 375,000th time. And that's when the organization said, we're going to Aaron Rodgers. And for years, they had success. In fact, they didn't... They made, Mike McCarthy has made the playoffs in, in his tenure. I want to say... Eight or nine times. I want to say it's nine times. And he has 10 playoff wins, right? This is the issue of you have Aaron Rodgers and the team is getting worse. And the offense looks the same. And there seems to be no creativity. There's friction between the head coach and the player. And newsflash, 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 dummies. They're not getting rid of Aaron Rodgers. First off, he has way too much guaranteed money. He's under contract as the highest paid player in the league. And, oh, and when I say dummies, if you're not a dummy, then I'll take that. But there's so, there's so many people on Twitter that just say ridiculous things and then have no facts to back them up. To me, that's a dummy. Only a dummy would say something with no evidence to back it up. That's not good arguing skills. That's not good people skills. If I make a claim, I'm going to have something to back it up. 
Mike McCarthy will have a job next year in the NFL. I truly believe that. I would not be surprised if he's the Browns head coach because I don't think Lincoln Riley's leaving Oklahoma. He's building something there, and I think he wants to prove that he can win with guys that he recruited. Because remember, Lincoln Riley came in last year with Baker Mayfield, who Stoops recruited, and then Kyler Murray, who I would like to say was already on the roster. And so it's just kind of sad because McCarthy was the second most tenured NFL coach behind Belichick, Mike Tomlin being the third. So now it's Belichick and Mike Tomlin. And I would like to make a parallel that I don't see people making. And I'm not saying that Ben Roethlisberger is in the category of Aaron Rodgers. I think they're both Hall of Famers. I think Aaron Rodgers is a more talented quarterback, though Ben has two. Now, Ben lost to Aaron in the Super Bowl in a very close game. And that was a 10-6 and Packers team that kind of got hot, overachieved, and won a Super Bowl. Not saying that team wasn't good, Packers fans. It's just Pittsburgh had a really, really stacked team that year. I want to say they were number one in overall defense in the NFL or something like that. Their defense had, that was the last of their really good defenses. And so it's going to be interesting if Steelers fans in the organization, which they won't because they've only had three head coaches since the Civil War, it seems like, and Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, and Mike Tomlin. And that is, and Tomlin's been to two Super Bowls, and I think he's been to three AFC Championship games all the while with Tom Brady in his conference and during some of that time with Peyton Manning in the conference before Peyton Manning's net gave out and he got carried to a Super Bowl by the defense. There are kind of some parallels here. And that is when, and I see this with John Harbaugh. Now, John Harbaugh obviously has Flacco at quarterback who's not a Hall of Famer and me or very few people in anyone's opinion does have a Super Bowl MVP but because Harbaugh is the fourth longest tenured coach in the NFL. Oh, I'm sorry. Now he's the third because McCarthy got fired. All of these guys, Tomlin had a Super Bowl, McCarthy had a Super Bowl, and Harbaugh had a Super Bowl. And obviously Belichick's got five. So we'll leave him out of this. But between those three guys, when do you get rid of your head coach? When do you decide that they have maximized the talent on the roster? With Pittsburgh, it's all the noise and there's... The Chargers game last night was just embarrassing. It was you, you're up twenty seven to, or they're up twenty three to seven, and you lose thirty three to thirty. Now, don't get me wrong; there were some horrendous calls in that game, and there were also Pittsburgh's just undisciplined. So that now, and, and to be clear about something, Tomlin's never had a losing season. Harbaugh has missed the playoffs the last two years, and the Packers will have now missed the playoffs two years in a row. I think Harbaugh's job should be safe because it looks like they're going to make a playoff run. It's between them, Tennessee, Denver, and Indianapolis for that last spot, in my opinion. Of course, Pittsburgh could just belly flop the rest of the season, and then we're having a different conversation. So back to McCarthy for a minute. The friction with the head coach. So here's the problem, Mr. Aaron Rodgers, who I've defended as one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play the game, but has one of the most difficult personalities in the league. What if he doesn't get along with the next head coach? He's entering the twilight of his career. He's taken a lot of shots physically. So, I don't know, guys. I, I mean, I saw this coming. I don't know if this is going to fix much. The Packers can't attract free agents. 
Aaron Rodgers is moody and his teammates don't really seem to like him very much. And he holds on to the ball too long, which leads me into Ben Roethlisberger. So we just touched on it for a minute. So that is two weeks in a row where Pittsburgh has shot themselves in the foot with turnovers and penalties and just the defense that was playing so well had one job, get the ball back with more time. And then they jumped off sides three times. Now, I didn't see the three plays. I was following on my computer. I watched that game up until around the third. I think it was right at the beginning of the fourth quarter is when I left the restaurant that I work at. And then I was following the game on my phone. And I was also trying to study for a Spanish test. But if they jumped off sides three times on the field goal attempts, they deserve to lose that game. If you jump off side... Once on the field goal attempt, you deserve to lose that game. So Pittsburgh has gone from 7-2-1 and one all of a sudden to 7-4-1. Oh, and by the way, they get the Raiders next week, which they better win that game. And then you've got a game at home with the Patriots. And then you've got to go to New Orleans to, and then finish out with Cincinnati. Pittsburgh could not make the playoffs this year. Now, we, now I, I wrote down on my list of topics today that we could talk about bad calls. I don't care about bad calls. Listen, if one guy gets blocked in the back, it shouldn't lead to a kick return for a touchdown or a punt return, whichever one it was. Now, there was definitely an illegal block in the back. I mean, it's clear as day from the film. And there, and, oh, and, the, and the other thing that Pittsburgh fans were complaining about was the dude obviously false started and when Phillip Rivers threw that like 40-something yard touchdown pass to a dude I had never heard of before. Unless it was Keenan Allen. If it was Keenan Allen, I apologize. I've heard of Keenan Allen before. But I don't think it was Keenan Allen. And so, oh, and shout out to Phillip Rivers, one of my favorite quarterbacks. Um, he had had trouble with Pittsburgh in his career before this, but they turned that around. And now, it's really funny what we do to teams because everybody was off of the Chargers after they lost to the Broncos. The Chargers are a really good football team. Now, they were getting blown out early in Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh like Pittsburgh was stopping the run, and they were tackling everybody, and they were getting pressure on the quarterback, and that, front, that defense looked ferocious, and then Phillip Rivers figured some things out. I have no idea what to do with the Steelers team. It is not, Now, don't get me wrong. It is nice to be a fan of a team that is so talented and always in the mix, but oh my goodness, them dudes will drive you crazy. Them dudes are out here jumping off sides and quarterbacks calling out the receivers and I'd love the head coach don't get me wrong I mean situationally sometimes I'm not sure how sound he is all the time but I love Mike Tomlin the quarterback's getting old but then he shows you MVP glimpses and then you've got two dynamic receivers and the defenses like we're just good enough and then we get tired and we can't stop anybody that was embarrassing and now if that game had been in LA actually that'd have been embarrassing too because LA is not the Chargers home like you could talk to people that I know around that area, which is like one guy. <laughs> but from what I've heard on Twitter and stuff, they don't give a damn about no Los Angeles Chargers to the fact that every time I say the Chargers, I want to put San Diego in front of them. But Phillip Rivers is having an MVP type year. No one's talking about it. A couple of people are, but the main media is already giving this award to either Patrick Mahomes or to Drew Brees. And not saying that those guys aren't deserving. They're very deserving. I think this is a very intriguing MVP uh, discussion. We're getting off topic a little bit, so let's go to the playoff picture 
in the NFL. And so before I look out here like a moron, I am going to pull the standings up. What I can tell you is that the Rams are the number one overall seed in the NFC. And I can tell you that the Bills, Jets are not going to make the playoffs. So while this is loading and while my phone is deciding to be super slow. Oh, there we go. The phone is working just right. So if you bear with me for a minute, we will look at these standings. They're coming right up. Got to hit standings, hit standings. Why do I have a blank screen? Oh, now I don't. All right. So we're going to hit playoffs. Sorry, guys. This is me. Little sporadic, little crazy. All right. We're going to start in the AFC. All right. Really bad drum roll. So in the number one spot as of today is the Kansas City Chiefs at 10 and 2. New England is 9 and 3 at the number two spot over Houston because Houston's 9 and 3 and New England beat Houston. All right. Before we go any further, if New England and Kansas City are tied at the end of the year, New England will be the number one seed because they beat Kansas City. Pittsburgh is at 7-4-1 because they're a division leader. And the Chargers are at number five at 9-3. and three. And then Baltimore is sitting alone in the sixth spot at 7-5, and five, having split with Pittsburgh. And so they are not giving me any other tiebreakers. I know Pittsburgh and Baltimore split, but Pittsburgh has an advantage because they've only lost... They only lost once in the division, and then they tied in the division, but they've won all the other games. And They beat Baltimore once. They lost to Baltimore once. They beat Cincinnati. They beat Cleveland. So they're 3-1-1 one, one in the division. Sitting there at 6-6 six and six with the tiebreakers over Denver and Indianapolis based on percentage of conference games is the Miami Dolphins. Bro, the Miami Dolphins. Now, they're 6-6. Six and six. Yes, they started out 3-0, and oh, so they've been 3-6 and six before then. See that genius math right there. I don't buy this team for a bit. They have a revolving door. Tannehill can't stay healthy. Brock Osweiler is not good at all. Or he has not proven to be very good. And I know he's not good because when that, so that the Houston Texans gave him, like, a stupid big contract. And then, like, three-fourths through the year, they were like, nah, bro, we got to get rid of you. You, you super trash. And he's really tall, though. And so I don't put any stock into Miami because they're going to lose to the Patriots again. Then you got the Indianapolis Colts. Bro, they lost to Jacksonville 6-0. to 6-0. to I know Jacksonville has a good defense, but damn. Like, y'all was talking about Andrew Luck being the MVP. Love Andrew Luck. Denver is 6-6, six and six and Tennessee is 6-6. Six and six. Now, Cincinnati is 5-7, and seven, so they're only two games out. Dismiss me with Cincinnati, Cleveland, Buffalo, Jacksonville, the Jets, and obviously the, the super trash Raiders. To me, this is between Baltimore, Indianapolis, Denver, and Tennessee. And I think Tennessee's on the outside looking in because Denver, Denver has a better conference record. And it, there's a scenario where Tennessee could win out and not make the playoffs. And they're just so up and down. Like, Mariota looked good, and he's looked... Mariota does not seem to be the problem there. It seems to be, like, play calling and Derrick Henry running soft, according to my buddy David uh, Dillavu. And I would at you guys, but I don't have any of your at stuff sitting by me right now. And so, yeah, that's very interesting. I think it's going to be between Denver and Tennessee, because I played with the playoff machine on ESPN.com, and every time I just... there's. I just can't get Indianapolis in no matter what I do. I mean, I could get them in, but then I have to be dishonest about what I think is going to happen. So if you were going to put me on the spot and ask me what I think is going to end up happening, I think the Kansas City is going to be the one seed. New England will be – I think it'll sit – I think it's going to sit about where it is 
with maybe the difference between who's going to get that final wild card spot. Because I think Pittsburgh is going to do enough. They're going to beat Cincinnati, and they're going to beat Oakland. And I would not be surprised if they win one of the New England, um, either the New England or the Saints game. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying. I'm not saying they're going to win it. But I'm just saying, for some reason, they'll go out and beat the Patriots, and they will lose to a bad team. Not saying the Chargers are a bad team, but Denver was not good coming into that game, and Philip Lindsay ran all over them. So that's the AFC. Let's go to the NFC. The NFC is very interesting to me in this regard. So you got the Rams already having clinched their division. ESPN's app is trash. Let me just tell you that. Like, I get out of the app for like two seconds, and it like flips over to the co- to, to the division standings. But, you know, we got it back popping. So, teams that I think are eliminated. We'll just do that. San Francisco, duh. Arizona, trash. Detroit, mediocre to above average at best. Not making it. The Giants, no. Atlanta, no. Green Bay, no. Then it gets interesting. So, let's start at the top. You know, Drake started from the bottom. Now he's here. Well, I'm going to start from the top so I ain't got to ever see the bottom, right? Just a joke. I was, you know, we won't get into that. The Los Angeles Rams are 11-1. and one. At second place are the New Orleans Saints, and they're 10-2. and two. They still have two games against Carolina and a game against Pittsburgh. And, yeah, so that's that. Chicago sitting at 8-4. and four, Dallas at 7-5. and five, Seattle at 7-5. and five, And then... Washington plays tonight against the Eagles. So that's going to, I kind of wish I was doing this on Tuesday. So that would already be set at six, five and one Carolina's at six and six Philadelphia's at five and six Tampa Bay's at five and seven. Dismiss me with Tampa Bay. If Tampa Bay makes the playoffs somehow, and I, I, I haven't, I just don't see it happening. But if Tampa Bay makes the playoffs, Dirk Carter will save his job. By the way, go check out my article on coaches on the hot seat on 12OunceSportsRadio.com. That is 12OZSportsRadio.com. And, yeah, I posted I posted an article about this actually today. So I think, obviously, that the Rams, the Saints, and the Bears are all completely safe. Dallas, Seattle, Washington, Minnesota, Carolina, Philadelphia are interested in me. What did I tell y'all about damn Kirk Cousins? He ain't going to beat a good team in primetime or in... And it was, I know it wasn't a, an actual primetime game, but it was against a big opponent. And come on, Kirk Cousins is out here. That's why people are like, he throw for 4,000 yards. He's like the only dude in the league I know that can throw for 4,000 yards, and I can't tell you one of those throws. Adam Thielen was out there losing his mind last night. It was ridiculous. And so, I think at the end of the day, it'll be the Rams, the Saints, the Bears, and I hate to say it, the Dallas Cowboys. I think Seattle's going to get in, and I think Minnesota, though, will find a way to get in. Philadelphia has not been right all year. Carolina is falling off of a cliff, and Washington has Colt McCoy quarterback. And Tampa Bay has two quarterbacks that are must be colorblind because they just throw the ball to the wrong team all the time. It does not fail. Sorry if you hear noises in the background. I'm sipping water during the show, so I don't dehydrate and die. All right, so that's my playoff picture. I'm not going to – I mean, I guess I kind of made picks. So in conclusion, as I would say in my speech class that I'm taking this semester, I've got Kansas City, New England, Houston, Pittsburgh, Chargers, and – 
I'm going to take Baltimore as my six playoff teams. And in the NFC, I've got the Rams, Saints, Bears, Cowboys, Seahawks, and Vikings. It's amazing that Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll are dragging this Saints team to the playoffs. Or, I'm sorry, this Seattle team to the playoffs. Um, dude, they don't even announce any of these tiebreakers until you get all the way down to Atlanta at 12. So that's my NFL wrap-up. Let's go to the college football playoff. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here. But it's obvious that the committee got this right. And this is coming from a guy who loves the SEC. So Alabama is number one, and they're going to play number four, Oklahoma. And if two is healthy, Oklahoma might give up 70 points in this game because I didn't realize how bad their defense was. Like I knew it was really, really, really bad. But statistically, I didn't realize it's like, 129 out of 130 in pass defenses in like division one football like that's in the fbs or whatever they call it ridiculous that's terrible and then you've got clemson is a big favorite over notre dame so i think that we're gonna get another clemson alabama national championship game for the third time in four years a little fatigue on the alabama clemson thing but i love Dabo, and it'll be interesting to see Tracy Lawrence as a freshman in the national championship game. Oh, by the way, uh, the last guy that played for them, Kelly Bryant, might be coming to Arkansas. But different story for a different day for a different time. So I think they got this right. A lot of people wanted to put Georgia in there. But listen, the simple thing is Georgia lost by a lot to LSU. I think it was they lost by more than 20 points. And yes, they lost to Alabama close, but they would have had to put Georgia in there at four, and then we just would have seen the same game we just saw. Not saying that Georgia couldn't beat Alabama, but I think they're trying to stay away from the from the rematches. Ohio State, you lost by 28 to Purdue, who was not ranked at the time, who is not ranked now, and just became bowl eligible. Thank you, Joel Klatt, for telling me all of that, because I didn't know all. I knew they lost by 28 to Ohio State. I didn't look up Purdue's record because I don't follow Purdue. No shot to them. Hey, y'all produced Drew Brees. Good job. And so I think it's going to be an interesting college football playoff, but I started looking at some of these bowl matchups, and let me see if I can pull those up. I'm not really super excited about a whole lot of these bowl games, and maybe because I just don't watch enough of the football as I should, but so I'm going to go through some of these matchups and I'm going to, I'm actually going to start at the bottom. Like I know I'm contradicting myself, but down here at the bottom of the page is where we get the good games. Texas, Georgia is intriguing. Texas is opening up as an 11 point favorite, but I think in the sugar bowl, that's actually going to be a good game. That's good for Texas to be in that game. That's good for their program. That's good for all the people who were trying to get rid of Tom Herman even though they're 9-4, and four, one of those losses is to Oklahoma. One of those losses, I think, is to West Virginia. And so I'd have to go back and look at Texas. Oh, and one of those losses is to Maryland because they just can't beat them. Washington, Ohio State is interesting if Ohio State comes ready to play. Kentucky, Penn State is actually intriguing. And then, of course, you go to LSU, UCF. I hope LSU beats the brakes off these dudes. Because I am tired of this UCF thing. They do not. They are not on the same level. Yes, they beat Auburn. It was an upset. That's why it was an upset. They are not on the level of the Power Five conferences. Now, I don't. 
I saw LSU get shut out by Alabama this year, and then I saw them beat Arkansas. I haven't really – and I, oh, I saw a little bit of LSU throughout the season, um, not whole games because I'm usually working when a lot of these games are going on, but that's an intriguing game. Mississippi, Iowa, I know nothing about Iowa except that they used to be really good, and Mississippi State has a lot of talent. It, oh, the SEC team is favored in that game. A&M, NC State, I think it's going to expose the ACC. A&M is favored in that game. Northwestern Utah, don't know enough about those teams, to be honest. Missouri, Oklahoma State, that seems like a game that there's going to be a whole bunch of points. So that's on Christmas Eve, or that's on New Year's Eve at 245. If I'm not at work, I might check that out. Looks like it'll be interesting. Michigan State, Oregon, eh, 7-5 and five versus 8-4. and four. Pitt is 7-6 and six versus Stanford. Go Stanford. I think Stanford wins that game. Cincinnati, Virginia Tech. So you, this is the weird thing. So you got a ten and two Cincinnati playing a six of six Virginia Tech. I wish these matchups. Now they may be conference dependent. I don't freaking know. But I wish they were just a little more buttoned up on the on the teams. And I didn't name all these damn bowls. So let me go back. Texas and Georgia are playing in the Sugar Bowl. Washington, Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Kentucky, Penn State in the Citrus Bowl, LSU, UCF in the Fiesta Bowl, Mississippi State, Iowa in the Outback Bowl, NC State and Texas A&M in the Gator Bowl. And no, y'all don't pay me, so I ain't naming off all y'all's damn sponsors in front of the name. That's ridiculous. Northwestern in Utah in the Holiday Bowl, Missouri, Oklahoma State in the Liberty Bowl. Dude, Redbox got a bowl game, y'all. And I thought they was, I thought they was falling off. I thought Netflix going to put them out of business, just like they put uh, Blockbuster out of business. Y'all trash. Not Redbox really ain't that bad. So Michigan State, Oregon play in the Redbox Bowl. Stanford and Pitt play in the Sun Bowl. The Military Bowl, shout out to the military because I'm in the Army. Cincinnati and Virginia Tech. You've got Arkansas State and Nevada. Go Arkansas State in the Arizona Bowl. You've got South Carolina, Virginia in the Belt Bowl. Now Florida, Michigan is intriguing in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Here's my thing, though. Why are Florida and Michigan not playing on the first? I don't give a damn about your rankings. Florida, like, Florida lost to Kentucky for the first time in 50 years, and Kentucky's in a New Year's Six Bowl, right? Florida beat LSU. Florida, like, go look at Florida's schedule and tell me, like, the, the bad teams they lost to. Right? They lost to Missouri, but Missouri's got a suit. I think they lost to Missouri. I'm not, I don't know. But Florida-Michigan is a very intriguing game to me. And that's Michigan's actually favored by 7.5 in that game. I think the SEC was favored in every single other bowl game. But, you know, the SEC's trash. Vegas thinks not. You got Iowa State and Washington State. Pfft, don't care. Um, the Washington State thing could be fun. I kind of like their quarterback, even though he they tried to kill him in the Washington game. West Virginia-Syracuse. I will always watch West Virginia, and I think West Virginia is going to beat the brakes off them, even though they play Clemson very close. Purdue-Auburn, oh, guess what? The SEC's favorite in that game, too. Baylor-Vanderbilt, oh, sorry. Um, so Florida Michigan are in the Peach Bowl. Uh, Iowa State and Washington are in the Alamo Bowl. West Virginia-Syracuse in the Camping World Bowl. They got Everybody got a bowl game nowadays. Purdue-Auburn is playing in the Music City Bowl. They did Auburn a favor. Baylor and Vanderbilt, two private universities. My and, and this is interesting because I lived in Waco, Texas, so I have a little bit of affection for Baylor, even though they was out here letting women get raped and, and crap. So, like, screw them. Um, but Browse ain't there no more, and all them people, I think, are gone. My dad went to grad school at Vanderbilt, so I probably pulled for Vanderbilt, and that's the Academy Sports Plus Outdoors Texas Bowl. Oh, I didn't know there was an actual Texas Bowl. I thought it was the Academy Sports Bowl. 
Uh, Miami, Wisconsin in the pinstripe bowl. That will probably be a pretty interesting game. Temple and Duke don't care. Is that a basketball game? That's the Independence Bowl. Oh, my gosh. The Independence Bowl. Y'all screwed them. Ain't, no, ain't nobody going to go watch that. That used to be an SEC Bowl game. Man, that's trash. Cal, TCU. TCU's not very good. That's the Cheez-It Bowl. Dude, Cheez-It has a bowl game? For real? I love Cheez-Its. They used to be one of my nicknames. I'll, I'll tell you that story sometime, guys. Minnesota, Georgia Tech, don't care. Boston College, Boise State, in the first responder bowl. Oh, Minnesota, Georgia Tech's in the quick lane bowl. Hawaii, Louisiana Tech in the Hawaii bowl. Of course, because Hawaii gets to go play in their own damn bowl game. That's not fair. Buffalo and Troy, eh, don't really care. Houston Army, go Army. Please beat Navy first, though. Um, That'll probably be a pretty entertaining game. Memphis, Wake Forest. Memphis seems like they'll score like 40 points and lose every game for some reason. Western Michigan, um, I'm sorry, I forgot, guys. The Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, that's the arm. That, dude, Dollar General got their own bowl game? Oh, that's why they got Buffalo and Troy. No offense to those schools, but I don't know enough about y'all. And if you like Buffalo and Troy, hit me up and send me some film and I'll watch it. I'm here for the little people because I'm a little people. West, Western Michigan and BYU in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Uh, that seems a lot in BYU's favor. Of course, they're 12 and a 5-point favorites. It, Idaho is like super close to Utah. FIU, Toledo in the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl. Marshall and UCF, USF in the Gasparilla Bowl. Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Dude, that is making up bowl games at this point. San Diego State's playing Ohio. Don't know nothing about them teams. UAB is playing Illinois. Does everyone get a bowl game? Uh, and that's the Boca Raton Bowl. That's going to be fun. I hope they don't get in trouble down there. Uh, Middle Tennessee, Appalachian State. Wait a minute. Okay, okay. They are in. I could have swore they were in the same conference, but they're not. Uh, look at Appalachian State moving on up in the world. Georgia Southern, Eastern Michigan, and the Camilla, Camellia Bowl. <laughs> Fresno State, Arizona State. Look at Herm Edwards getting his boys to a bowl game. Fresno State's favorite. I don't give a damn. I'm going for Arizona State. And my boy, Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. You sure as hell do. North Texas and Utah State. Utah State was, like, really good for, like, a while. And they lost, like, one game to, like, I think they lost to Boise State. And they lost one conference game. They're like, y'all going to New Mexico. NCAA so trash, y'all. Uh, Tulane, Louisiana, the Auto Nation Cure Bowl. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of them games I don't care about, but some of them could be interesting. Um, I never understood why 6-6 six six gets you to a bowl game because I think you should have a winning record. And it used to be that way when they had 11 games. 6-5. and five. See, we should go back to 11 games, eliminate one of these cupcake games in the Power 5, and we can expand the playoff. But, you know, that would make sense. And I don't know. I think it'd make a whole lot more money instead of having, like, Boca Raton and, 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 and uh, Red Box and Papa John Pizza Bowl and you gonna have the Taco Bell Bowl and I mean I would like a bowl from Taco Bell and bowl of food y'all a bowl of food for all you weed heads out there a bowl of food a bowl of like taco nacho meat <laughs> Heisman conversation let's do it I don't know who the hell to pick for the Heisman I think Kyler Murray has been phenomenal I think Kyle, I think I think Kyler Murray should win this award and I'm an SEC guy I think Tua lost his chance to win this game, win this award going down in that game. And Tua has only been playing like the half of every game. And Alabama's team is really, really, really good. And you could say that I think Kyler Murray just carried his team all year on his back. 
And also, you've got, I'm losing my brain here, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, you've got Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State. Um, I think he's going to be the best pro prospect in this group because Kyler's going to go play baseball and Tua's got to, he, I don't know, I, I think Tua has to be in the right system. But, I mean, he's only been a starter for one year, so I'm going to pump the brakes on calling him a bust because I don't think he'll be, I don't think he's a bust. I just think that, man, them risky, them risky little balls he'd be throwing in the end zone in like triple coverage, like, yeah, do that in the NFL and, and you'll be, they'll have an award on a radio show named after you. Um, Will Greer has had a phenomenal year. And I know West Virginia didn't win anything this year. And I know that, when by win anything, they didn't win their conference. They didn't get to the conference championship game. But let's be let's be real about it. If they had 12 teams and West Virginia was in an opposite division of Oklahoma, they would have been there, right? And they lost to Oklahoma. Like, come on, dudes. Like, Will Greer, like, Florida. Like, what was y'all doing with Will Greer? Because uh, he was out here balling this year. Like, I like him. I like him as a pro prospect. That's good. Uh, early surprises in the NBA. The West is topsy-turny. No one knows really what's going on there. And... Not surprising, the Wizards are falling apart because no one likes John Wall. The Atlanta Hawks and Cavs are really bad. I, that's obvious. Sacramento has not gotten terrible yet, but I think they will. Houston is kind of a surprise that they're this bad without Chris Paul, but it doesn't surprise me because this is kind of who Houston is. They're up and they're down. They're up and they're down. And James Harden, weird beard. Yeah, I, yeah, I threw some MGK in there. And... I would say that I'm surprised that the Clippers are playing as well as they are. I told y'all that I thought Denver would be good. Now, it's early, stupid early. They're going to play 22 games. So we're about a quarter of the way through the season. Shout out to math. OKC is playing pretty well. Golden State's 15-9, and but they'll be fine. The Lakers are 14-9. and I... I try to, they're going to make the playoffs. Interesting thing to me is Dallas is in the eighth seed in the playoffs right now. Now, New Orleans is 12 and 12. Houston's 11 and 11. Sacramento's 11 and 11. The Spurs are 11 and 12. Minnesota's 11 and 12. Utah. Utah's surprising to me because I think they have a good coach. But it seems like no one likes Donovan Mitchell, but you had a bunch of dudes that like played in, in a team or in a game, and Donovan Mitchell's out here like, dude, I'm trying to ball. I'm trying to get my points and my contract. He's a really good player. He shoots too much, but I like Donovan Mitchell. Y'all told me he was a rookie of the year last year, and Ben Simmons seems to be playing well in his role, and y'all told me I was crazy for picking him. And by y'all, I mean people that probably may not even listen to the show because I don't remember who the hell I had this conversation with. Toronto is stupid good. We will see in the playoffs. Milwaukee, number two. I wrote an article on 12OunceSports.com telling y'all that I thought Milwaukee and Denver were going to be really good this year, but... I mean, yeah, don't, don't take it from me. Indiana, Detroit, Philadelphia, Philadelphia's a third at 17 and 8. Jimmy Butler seems to be a good addition for them. Indiana's Indiana. I mean, make the playoffs lose in the first round, in my opinion. Detroit's interesting with Drummond and Griffin, and uh, Casey is the coach. Boston's 13 and 10. I still think they'll get it together. People are like, maybe Brad Stevens isn't as good as a coach as we thought he was. And I'm like, why do y'all every time. Every time that a dude under it, like, they're 13 and 10. It's not like they're 6 and 25. And they're like, this dude can't coach. And, like, they tried that with Tua, right? They're like, oh, my God, he had a bad first half. He's overrated. I'm like, it's one game. It's one season. Calm down. Everyone is just, like, 
man, they just be out here wilding and just and and listen, I'm not a Celtics fan at all. I mean, I rooted for, I rooted for the Lakers against them. I was I'm a Cavs fan till I die. I almost said I was a Cavs fan. I'm just a little more distant Cavs fan because we're not on TV and we ain't got LeBron. I still love the team, but I mean, now, okay, let me be clear. I'm definitely still a Cavs fan, but it's hard for me to support Dan Gilbert. Now, I'm going to always be a Cavs fan because, you know, I ain't trying to jump off no team like I did the Pirates. I already told you all about that on the opening episode, so don't get your uh, underwear in a bunch. So I'm not surprised really by anything in the NBA. New Orleans, well, actually, I take that back. I am surprised pleasantly by Julius Randle, who is bawling out of his mind coming off the bench in New Orleans. I think that is a very good thing. I couldn't think of anything witty and cool to say there. All right, so that wraps up the NBA because I ain't talking about the NBA every time I do a podcast because there's 82 games in a season. Shout out to the NBA. And we've already covered the bowl games and all that, so the only thing we got left to do is talk about these NFL coaches that might get fired. Uh, let me see. Tall Bowles, he gone. And, and this is not like me wishing people to get fired. And they're like, dude, what about their families? I'm like, budget your money. You get paid millions of dollars. Now, it still sucks when people get fired from their jobs, and I don't wish anyone to lose their jobs. But listen, you signed up knowing the results, you're going to get fired. So that's just what it is. Anyways, stop with the apologizing to me. Yep, okay, cool. So what am I going to say? Todd Bowles, he gone. I think that he will get a defensive coordinator job in this league. I really like Todd Bowles. It's just that team is falling apart. I mean, they were up 16-0 and let Mariota come out here looking like a superstar. Sorry, Todd Bowles. You about the paint. Adam Gase, if they lose the next six games, I think he's gone. But I think he gets another year just because he can't have a quarterback stay healthy. And he did bring in Jay Cutler last year. But at least the reason he brought in Jay Cutler on short notice is Cutler was familiar with his system. So that's why that happened. Tannehill, y'all got to move on from Tannehill because he just can't stay healthy. And he played tight end in college. It's kind of weird before he played quarterback. So uh, the Buffalo dude, Scott, Scott McDermott, he's safe. Of course, Belichick, duh. Tomlin, he's safe for now, but he better not collapse this year. They might start looking in a different direction, but I doubt it. I mean, he represents the organization well, and Pittsburgh doesn't get rid of coaches. Marvin Lewis, they ain't never going to fire him. He knows where all the bodies are, so we know that. Um, oh, we already talked about this on my last show. I think that was the entire show. So, yeah. Nothing has changed. Go look, go listen to my other show. Okay, cool. Dirk Cutter. I think he's fired, though, if they mess around and win a couple more games. They might keep him one more year. You never know with anything in Tampa Bay. Matt Patricia, he's safe first-year head coach. Um, Mike McCarthy, I thought, was going to get fired, and he did. Hugh Jackson was going to get fired, and he's already gone. They got him about to paint. And so, I guess, I'm trying to think if there's anybody in the NFC that's going to get fired. Oh, Ron Rivera. That's an interesting one. Ron Rivera and John Harbaugh. Two guys who I think are actually good coaches. Ron Rivera makes the playoffs half of the... He, he's, he's been there seven years. He's made the playoffs four times, and he went to a Super Bowl. And then, like, a super good defense shut down Cam Newton. I like Ron Rivera. I And, and it was a first year with the new offensive coordinator. Cam had a bad game yesterday, and they still could have won that game. So, and Baltimore... Listen, I'm a Steelers fan, but I got mad respect for the Baltimore Ravens organization. Always have. I mean... Shout out to Ozzie Newsom. Shout out to whoever owns that team. Shout out to John Harbaugh. This is my wacky prediction. Because I'm going to tie this into Corey Joseph. I think that, first off, if Corey Joseph makes the playoffs, I think he's safe. But 
And they play really, really, really hard and inspired for him, like, all the time. Like, And they're taking pictures all the time after they get interceptions. Like, Denver's annoying, but cool. Like, I ain't got no beef with them. I, I really can't stand that little Patrick Lindsay running back dude they got. But, you know, do your thing, dude. You know, short people. Holla at your boy. Um, My crazy theory of what's going to happen. I think that if Baltimore fires John Harbaugh, and Denver doesn't make the playoffs. I think John Elway will buck the offensive trend. I think that he will fire Corey Joseph, who I don't know what side. Of, I don't. I think he's a defensive guy. I have no idea. I never even heard of that dude. Maybe he's an offensive guy. Someone should let me know. Um, I'm not an NFL insider. I just give y'all opinions about things that I see and try to make y'all laugh. So I think he'll hire John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is perfect for Denver in this way. They win because of their defense. Now, he's going to have to make sure that he hires somebody that can call offensive plays and get him wide receivers. But I think that would be an intriguing hire. So, this has been very interesting. My voice is going out because I have been talking really loud into this microphone. But I wanted to give you all some new information. And I wanted to give you all some opinions. And I wanted to go ahead and get this done, recorded, and hopefully it gets posted. You can find this on Spotify. You can find this on the Anchor app. You can find this on CastBox. You can find this on my Facebook page when I post it. Jesse James Williams. I don't know what my picture looks like. So uh, I'm from, Ar- I, well, I'm not going to tell y'all where I live. But, uh, uh, well, yeah, whatever. Arkadelphia, Arkansas. You know, that's where I live. Um, so y'all can find it on my Facebook page. You can find it, me at Twitter, at J. Will Sports Guy. I think that's correct. Um, and if, yeah, at J. Will Sports Guy. I, let me look that up before I just send you all to someone else's Twitter page. Because, you know, we ain't trying to do all that. Yeah, at J. Will Sports Guy. On Twitter, I'm going to post the link to the on there. And pretty much anywhere where you can listen to podcasts, this Anchor app actually, like, streams everything to these sites. So I'm on Spotify. I got my own page. You can subscribe to me on CastBox at Jesse James Outlaw Show. Just type in Jesse James Outlaw and Show and it'll pop up on any of the apps. And then give me a subscribe. Give me a follow on Twitter. Let me know what you think. Tell your friends that you got this wild ass dude that be on the podcast talking to y'all about sports. Oh, by the way, before I get off of here, there is something very important that I need to tell y'all. First off, this podcast may veer off a little bit sometimes into hip hop because I'm a hip hop guy. Some dude on Twitter made a bracket, and it was super trash. And I don't know if he was a millennial or what, but he had a bracket with 64 rappers in it and no Jadakiss. And I think he left out Black Thought. And he, Yeah, and he had Travis Scott in there, bro. So, I have... Actually, you know what? We're going to extend this podcast for nine minutes. I am going to give you my early bracket. This is a rough draft. So what I did is I split it up like the NCAA tournament. Four regions, 16 seeds. And I didn't do it by region or none of that nonsense because I didn't have time to put that much thought into this. So I'll go ahead and give you the four seeds, and then I'll give you my overall number one seed. So the four seeds are Jay-Z, Eminem, Nas, and Notorious B.I.G. Yes, I left Tupac out of my top four seeds. Not to worry, he's a two seed. My number one overall seed is Jay-Z. All right, so in Region 1, 
we will call that the East region, even though it's not based on ge geography at all. But we'll just call that the, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. We're going to go ahead and have a little bit of fun with this. Let's, uh, that is not, that is definitely a, uh, I, I, I tried to pick up this thing that I thought was a pen and it ended up being a flashlight. So I do not think I can write with a flashlight. So if you see a little movement in your headphones or in your stereo, that means I am walking to go find a pen because even though I am in college, I seem to always lose my pens. I've been losing pens for years, guys. I've been losing pens in the Army. I've been losing pens in the, uh, in the Army, in school, writing raps, you know, writing stuff about sports. I just happen to lose pens. All right, but I found one. So region number one. We will call this the East Region, all right? And then there will be a Region 2. We'll call that the West Region. And Region number 3, we will call that the South Region. And so the East will play the South once I make out this bracket. You have the West bracket, and then Region 4, we'll call that the Midwest Region. All right, so... In region number one, we have, and I'm going to do this in order, 1 to 16. Number one in that region is Jay-Z. Number two is Tupac. Number three, Ice Cube. Number four, KRS-One. Number five, Lil Wayne. See, I don't hate the South. Number six, Talib Kweli. Number seven, Royce the 5'9". Number eight, LL Cool J. Number nine, The Game. Number 10, Styles P. Number 11, 50 Cent. Number 12, Cassidy, the 13th seed is Twista, the 14th seed is Tech 9, the 15th seed is Big Sean, and the 16th seed is Sheik Loot. So obviously you'll know that the one plays the 16, so forth and so forth. That's going to be an interesting bracket because a lot of people think I'm crazy that I think the Jay-Z is better than Tupac. We're getting to that at a different time. All right, so region number three that will play them will be... I don't know about this, guys. I didn't think this through. You know what? We'll keep it out that way. You know what? Sometimes you just don't get a fair bracket. So, in the South region, region number three, which the winner of that will play in the final four, the winner of the East region. Number one, Nas. Number two, Scarface. Number three, Snoop Dogg. Number four, Redman. By the way, I know I have Redman too low, but you know what? What happened is, is Redman was out here, and he lost early in his conference tournament game. And he had a couple of ridiculous losses, and so he got put down a little bit. No, shout out to Redman, Eminem's favorite rapper. Number five, Big Daddy Kane. Number six, Lupe Fiasco. Number seven, Most Def. Number eight, Corrupt. Number nine, T.I. Number 10, J. Cole. Number 11, Beanie Siegel. Number 12, Mace. Number 13, Ludacris. Number 14, Ice-T. Number 15, E-40, and 16 in a surprise bid to the tournament, Logic. The boy been putting in work, y'all. All right, we move over to the West region, which will play the Midwest region. So this is region two, which is the West region. Number one, Eminem. Yes, he is at number one seed. Number two, Black Thought. This is a deep, by the way, this is a super deep region. Eminem might have got screwed on this. No, okay, so number one, Eminem. Number two, Black Thought. Number three, Entree 3000. Number four, Ghostface Killer. Number five, Cool G Rat. Number six, Common. Number seven, Fabulous. Number eight, Immortal Technique. Number nine, Raekwon. Number ten, Drake. By the way, Drake got dropped so low because uh, Ghost Riders don't get it respected in this bracket. But the boy put in work, so you can't just leave him out. 
Number 11, Dr. Dre. Number 12, Cameron. Number 13, Buster Rhymes. Number 14, the OG Bun B. Number 15, Big L. And number 16, Nori. Region number four, the Midwest region. The winner of this region will play the winner of region two, which is the West region. Number one, Notorious B.I.G. Number two, Rakim. This is a deep region too. Number three, Jadakiss. Number four, Big Pun. Number five, Kanye West. Number six, Big Boy. Number seven, DMX. Number eight, Kendrick Lamar. Number nine, Q-Tip. Number 10, Show Button. Number 11, MF Doom. Super dope, look him up. Number 12, Joel Ortiz. Number 13, Rick Ross. Number 14, Fat Joe. Number 15, the only female in our bracket, Lauren Hill. And if you're a female, I just, I don't know how to judge them on rap skills, but that's for another day. And number 16, Jeezy. All right, so in the interest of being funny and being fair, there are some teams that had decent seasons but got left out, a.k.a. rappers that got left off of this list. I did not pick anybody from Bone Thugs and Harmony. I also only picked the top three guys, in my opinion, out of Wu-Tang. So, inspect the deck. You got all those guys. They got left out. Overshadowed by a guy on your group. Lloyd Banks, not enough commercial success. Not not that he didn't get commercial success, but his career kind of fell off. And by the way, I've got Jeezy at number 16 because he was the last rapper that made it into the list. Just because I know Jeezy's not a lyricist, but you can't really tell the story about Southern hip-hop without mentioning Jeezy. And so, there's a lot of super lyrical rappers out there. And I'm a lyrics guy, trust me. But, oh, and and probably the guy that got left off the list that was really hard to leave off, and he still may petition a committee, is Crooked Eye. And so, but a lot of this is based on impact. And and, and wow, Crooked Eye is a super rapper. Um, And no, Macklemore didn't make the list. It's funny, there's only one, there's, well, it depends on how you feel about logic, but you know, he's mixed. Only one white rapper on this list. MGK, you went at the king and you didn't even make the bracket. So we will be playing in the East Region in Madison Square Garden in New York. In the West, the Staples Centers in LA. In the South, the Mercedes Dome in, we'll call it Atlanta. And in the Midwest region, we will be playing at the United Center or whatever the hell they call Chicago's basketball stadium. By the way, most some of these rappers are dead. And I don't know none of these rappers, so they're obviously not going to be battling in these regions. I was just trying to be funny. So what we will do is show by show, I will end the show, which means you want to stay tuned. And we, I'm, I'm going to draw up the bracket. I might even put the bracket on Twitter. And so it'll be like the NCAA tournament. So six shows. I'll give you the recaps of who won each matchup. And so... Or what we might do is we might just list the matchups on the next podcast because I'm going to try to do this more often than just once a week. So what we're going to do is we're going to name the matchups next week and then for the next or the next show. And then for the next six shows, we'll do the first round, the second round, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, the Final Four, and then the National Battle, the National Rap Champion Championship of all time. And I might even get a little goofy of and split it into regions, like like split this up into like regions, like they do in the NCAA. So we'll have like different venues, and so that'd be kind of cool. But anyways, I've only got 
Well, I've got, actually, i got all the time in the world, but I don't want to push this over an hour. So this has been the Jesse James Show. The Jesse James Outlaw Show. I will see y'all later. My time is running out. I only got an hour. Peace, love. Holla at y'all later. Bye.